This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. I've got the best news in the entire world. She's back. It's Hi. Jamie. Yes, who's back? Back, back again, again. <laughs> Jamie's back, <laughs> tell a friend, no seriously, tell all your friends to listen, it is the Straight From The Net podcast, and it's a rainy Tuesday here in Delaware, fucking sucks, but Jamie has got so much to tell all you guys, she was in Vegas, as I had told you guys before, she was in Vegas lighting up the pool tables with her pool team, I wasn't lighting up shit, you didn't light up anything? No, but weed is, left Ve- weed is legal in Vegas, and everybody else was lighting up shit. Oh, okay. Like, you couldn't walk out the door. The All of Vegas smells, it used to smell like cheap beer and prostitutes. Now it smells like weed, cheap beer, and prostitutes. <laughs> I woke up and I had a bad um, sciatica nerve attack, and I couldn't move. And we were in my friend Jake's, our friend Jake's Tesla. And he was like navigate to the next pharmacy because you can do that in the in the tesla uh-huh. and we went to two different pharmacies and it was all weed and i was like this what? is not the kind of pharmacy i need oh they were the the dispensaries yes there's so oh. many dispensaries like dispensaries and wedding chapels how funny is that <sighs> yeah Wow. So you couldn't even, you might as well just got the CBD. I wonder if it would have worked. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, I don't know. I didn't try. I've got me a good government job. Right? Working for the state. Can't do that. Yeah. But so tell us how it went. So we made it to the third round, which is pretty awesome. There was a lot, a lot of teams and we did really well. Mm-hmm. So I'm really proud of our team. Um, we missed the money round by like one one round. Oh, wow. Which is fine. It wouldn't have been much money anyway, but, you know, I was really proud of our team, so we didn't make it all the way, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Cat's Meow. Mm-hmm. The Cat's Meow is the most famous karaoke bar in the country. It's based out of New Orleans, but they have a Las Vegas, like, offshoot. Oh, okay. And I fucking killed it in the Cat's Meow. I had this, I was drunk, girl. Yeah. It was the only time I was drunk in Vegas. Me and Irene, Eileen, me and Eileen were just loving life at the time. And they were, they had these big ass syringes full of jello shots. Oh and my God. I had a drink that was three feet tall and it was called, Pres- it was called Presley's Pussy. And I swear to God, it was delicious. And I drank that down and I drank the like fireball and we were doing these jello sugars and I could barely, when Paco got there finally, I was oh like, baby, my God. baby, we've got to go home. He was like, I just got here. I'm like, I can't feel my face. <laughs> like, we got to go home. I am done. <laughs> I was like, hey, this white girl, wasted. Oh, this is what it is. This is what it means to be white yeah. girl wasted. And that's what I was. Um, And then they called me up on stage. So I had to go sing one more time before we left. Oh, my God. So I got up there and I sang Sweet Child of Mine. And it was, all, it was fucking awesome because, you know, we are awesome. Uh-huh. And then we went back to the hotel and I was talking bad shit. Like, hey, sexy, blah, blah, blah. We, t- we took a shady Uber. <laughs> I did you? This is a very shady Uber. So we're standing at the end of Fremont Street where the Uber cars pick you up. Because they can't come on to Fremont Street. Because it's not really a street. It's like, it's a street, but it's like people 
walking. It's, right. It's it's like a mall aisle. Right? Okay. So you're not allowed to drive on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're down at the end of Fremont Street where the Ubers have to pick you up. Right. And I'm sitting there with Paco and I'm fucking wasted. And this creepy little guy comes over and he was like, psst, psst. And I was like, don't answer that. <laughs> Paco was like, what? <laughs> hey, hey, for $60, we won't turn this app on, I'll drive you home. The, the fucking Ubers in Vegas are fucking unreal expensive. Really? So Paco pulls it up. Like, for a, it was like $149. What? To go like 15 miles. Like, if you go prime hours, that's what it is. Jesus. So, and that was on a fucking Tuesday. Wow. So Paco pulls it up, but there's one for $64. And this guy's like $60. And Paco's like $50. And he's like $60. And Paco's like, dude, that's $4. Like, that's only a $4 break. And he was like, $60, and we don't turn the app on. Paco was like, get in the car, babe. (laughs) So we get in there, and it just draped in plastic. Like, between the, it's like a minivan, and the back of his seat is like draped in plastic, I guess, like COVID protocol. Yeah. But I'm like, drunk, so I'm thinking, oh, fuck, we're in Dexter's van. (laughs) I know, oh my God. I'm like, babe. I was like, yeah, I was like, if we don't make it out of here. I love you. He was like, we're in an Uber. I was like, this is not your normal Uber. Like, I'm not feeling this at all. I don't feel safe. <laughs> I don't feel safe. Right. In this Uber. So, like, I'm I'm like... Sit down. The I'm like cold. following, like, a map on the phone. Like, I put in our where we're staying to make sure that he's going the right way. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, he, turn, he makes one false move. He makes one false move, not one more. <laughs> We got home okay. <laughs> but we read, like, this creepy-ass Uber. I got this character made of me. Oh, my me. God. My children are being so loud. I'm so sorry. I got this character made of me on fucking Fremont Street. It don't look a damn thing like me. No? First of all. Oh, my God. First, Why didn't you take a picture of it? I, I meant to bring it. I meant to bring it and give it to you. Okay. Um, but I'm looking at this picture, and Christian was like, Jamie. That don't even look like you. <laughs> I was like, it oh. doesn't. I looked like, you know the movie Bridesmaids? Oh my goodness. If you guys hear this, it's my dog trying to make bread on her doggy bed. She's having issues. She's got a yeah. shame on. Our mascot is. <laughs> she got, tries to she's got the every cutest episode. little like, air cast on. Um. And a cone of shame. And a cone of shame. Anyway, go ahead. On Bridesmaids. The movie Bridesmaids. um, She also plays in the movie Grown Ups, where she's uh, Chris Brown, uh, Chris Rock's wife. Oh, Um, yeah, the woman. Uh, I know who she is. Saturday Night Live. I know know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name right now, but I love her. I look like her in this character. What? Oh, my God, that's so funny. And I'm like, this is fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, I played some bingo. It's not the same as at home. It's very stressful bingo. <laughs> I remember you talking about that. You should have put it on our stream for the Nev pages. You put it on your page. You guys can look at some of that. If you go to her, like, regular Facebook page, you can see a lot of the stuff that she posted. Yeah, so it was something. I missed my niece's uh, baby shower. I noticed that. But it was fine. It was fine until we got to the airport. So we leave home. People listen to this shit. We finally get back home. It's like 5 o'clock. Actually, it's like 
on Saturday. Oh, when you got home. Right, when right, we right. got home when okay. we landed. Yeah. The boys decided that they're going to bring their pool sticks onto the plane, which I was like, that's dumb. They're not going to let you carry your pool sticks on the plane. And they're like, no, they are, because we saw people with pool sticks on the plane. So, of course, when we get there, we get to the airport, and then they make them go back outside to check their pool sticks, because they're not carrying them on the fucking plane. Oh, my God. So, they have, like, big fragile stickers and everything else. So, we're at baggage claim, and I pull my bag off. I pull Paco's bag off. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, what? what is taking so long? And Matt and Chris are staring at the fucking baggage claim, like, getting real mad, because their sticks have not come up yet. And I'm mm. like, shouldn't have brought them with you. But I digress because nobody wants to listen to Jamie and we'll have more of that coming up at this. <laughs> okay. So I look over and I'm like, I'm just going to ask somebody. So I look over to ask this guy and I see them over in the bin where it's like fragile bin. I didn't even know there was a fragile bin, but there's a bin and it's fragile. And that's where they put the fragile stuff. Mm. So you have to go over to some, like in the corner to pick it up. So I go over, I pick up their pool sticks. And I'm like, hey guys. <laughs> I saved the day. Come get your shit so I can I go. I was like, inch high private eye here. Found your mm. shit. Can we go now? Mm-hmm. So we go out. We're waiting for the bus to get to where we parked. Mm-hmm. And Paco says, I parked in daily parking. And I'm like, no, we didn't. I was like, are you sure, babe? And he's like, yeah. So this bus comes up and it says daily garage. And he's like, this is our bus. And I was like, baby, I don't think this is our bus because we parked in a lot. We didn't park in a garage. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's the same thing, baby. It's daily parking. And I'm like, no. No, a lot in a garage, different. <laughs> different. He's Did like, you get to prove him wrong, He's too? like, just get on the bus. So all the boys get on the bus. And I'm like, and we're going towards it. And I said, oh, look, a garage. And Chris was like, so big. You know what a garage looks like. And I was like. Ah! <laughs> you <laughs> asshole. I was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I hate your guts. But watch this. So I sit back and we pull in and they're like, okay, there's 11 stops and. Then, you know, back to the terminal. Oh, my God. Did you have to go back to the terminal? Uh-huh. Oh, so my God. So, we go there. And I'm like, I told you it wasn't there. And Chris was like, why are you going to be say that to that man? You Players players are rolling every once in a while. And I'm like, whatever. So, then, we're standing out waiting for another bus. And it's long-term B. And I was like, Paco, I think we're in long-term A. He's like, no, babe. We're definitely in long-term Shut the B. heck up. No. We get back on a bus just to figure out, guess who was right? We are in long-term fucking A. So... We take the whole loop around the parking lot to get off at the very last stop of Long Term B and walk across the highway with our luggage. What? Carry on to get into parking lot A, where we're parked all the way back in section 12. It takes us like 15 minutes to fucking walk there. Oh my God, were you just livid at this no, point? No, I, I was so deliriously tired. I just thought the whole thing was comical. Oh my God, you were like, you're going to get me chicken nuggies. On the way home for this bullshit. I did. <laughs> did you? I did. I know. Like, we get out of the car and Chris is just back there being an ass again. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> fucking wait to drop you off. <laughs> and Papa thinks it's hysterical because I'm like ready to choke this man out and he's not my man. Like, I'm yeah. ready to reach back there like he's mine and rip his esophageal out. <laughs> anyway. So we finally get back, drop the boys off at Matt's. I get out and smoke a cigarette. I get back in the car and I look at Paco and I said, I need nuggies now. I need nuggies. I love that you say that. It's so I funny. I need nuggies. And he was like, well, we're close to a Wendy's, baby. I'll get you nuggies. And he took me and got me nuggies. <laughs> and I was Only happy. Wendy's nuggies. Only Wendy's. And, and I was so Wendy's happy. Nuggies. I was like, dancing while I was eating them. <laughs> I was like, okay. 
Then we went home and I'm like falling asleep on the couch. But yeah, like once again, nobody wants to hear Jamie when she speaks, but I was right. Oh my God, you had to take two separate buses around that lot to get to a third bus that right. finally took you there. Chris James looked at me and said, I'm not going back to that fucking airport. <laughs> I'm not going back, Jamie. You can't make me. I'm going to an airport. It's not prison. We went through that, too, when we went to Florida with Bruce and I. We didn't have to go through quite that because when you do the Orlando or whatever, Orlando is, like, easy. But, like, here, I didn't think it was that bad. But it was hard figuring out what door to go through Yeah, in Pennsylvania. I didn't know what door to walk through. Well, we don't fly to Philly. I didn't fly out of Philly. We flew out of Baltimore because of the street. Oh, gotcha. And Vegas Airport is super easy. Like, Vegas, Vegas Airport is super easy. Like, it's bam, bam, bam. Vegas is easy. Um, when you get off in Baltimore, it's super easy. Getting on in Baltimore, totally different thing. Mm. Getting <laughs> totally different. But getting off in Baltimore, it's super fast. Right. The only reason it took us so long is because the boys were waiting for their fucking cue sticks that weren't on that carousel. They were over here on the corner. Mm. Fuck. Like, I was, I was so tired of boys by that point. <laughs> I was so tired because I had all the boys. It, well, Jake... But he had two wives, and Jake was exhausted because he had to deal with the two wives. But I had Wait, Matt. what? Wait, what? Wait, I'm sorry. Back up. What do you mean he has two wives? We had, the wedding we went to was actually a commitment ceremony for our friend Jake, his wife, and their girlfriend. Oh, polyamorous wedding. Yeah, so it was a polyamorous, like, um... Commitment? Commitment ceremony. ceremony. Oh, so now they're all married. So now they're basically. all, like, married. So Jake got two wives. I haven't got one husband. And I tried. Oh my god! Did you I hear the bitter? The whole time we were in fucking Vegas too. I was like, baby, won't get married. Babe, look, there's a wedding show. There's not even a line, Paco. <laughs> there's not even a line. There's not even a line. We wait longer going to the buffet. Come on. Um. Oh my god! What did he, and I'm sure he was he, like, no. no, no, we're here for pool, babe. <laughs> we're here for pool. Oh, my God. Whatever. So, did you want to rip his esophageal out, too? (laughs) So, I was like, whatever. I almost got you because they didn't have any cool magnets. I almost got you, like, the giant-ass diamond rings they sell there for, like, 40 bucks, the big pieces of glass. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) And like, I got you this. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would have been like, you better buy yourself one. (laughs) So, it would have been a gift to you because I was married to you before Bruce was. Oh, gotcha. Okay. God damn it. Okay, and you got the bigger, you gave me the bigger diamond, huh? I was going to give you one like this big. Oh, my I God. Mean, I was like, Daniel would love that gaudy ass shit. Um, Can I just say something real quick, though? So, I had like this little heart episode yesterday morning. This bitch tried to die on me while I wasn't here. No, I don't know what it was. It just, it shot up. The ambulance had to come take me and they were like, okay, we don't really even know what the hell happened. Like, it, really, they just watched me and then I went home with zero answers. But I, I'm you pretty always sure. You go home with zero answers. I, it's all the time. Zero. I'm serious. I, I'm pretty sure it's the esophagitis at this point. Like, I know that I have that or whatever. And it, it, it sucks when you deal with GERD and you have that problem. It, it just fucking sucks. Oh, I know, girl. It is not, like, so many people are like, oh, that's a reflux. You just take a Tums. No. No. Like, when it turns into this other thing, it will destroy you. No. Like, you get to the point where you're trying to lay in bed. And if you have that shit in bed, it feels like you can't breathe. Oh, yeah, it's like like lava coming up your throat. You Mm -hmm. can't, you're coughing and you can't get rid of it. Like, no matter how much you cough, it's still there. And then you're in pain. Like, you're literally in pain, like, all day long. like like, fire. Yeah, and you think you have a heart attack. Yeah. Like, I mean, then you start to get, like, these thumps and bumps and gurgles and things that go on in your chest. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, 
it's a fucking miserable existence. That's, I mean, I didn't get into this because of that. I wanted to just shout out my husband because I'll tell you what, he took such good care of me yesterday. So like the ambulance like took me out of here in the morning. He was like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm like, put the kids on the bus, you know, so he, you know, put them on the bus. But he was like, I really want to be with you. I want to be with you. I'm like, yeah, but the kids need to go to school. So let's right, do that. Right, because I come home and these fucking kids are here. I'm I know. I'm like, I want out. them to be in school. Like, so. I'm going to be even more pissed. And then it's going to fall yeah. on you, buddy. Exactly. So then he, like, he got them to school and then came. And at that point, like, I was like, as soon as I saw him, I just kept getting more upset more upset. Kind of like when I talked to you the other night. I'm like, so freaking tired of this shit. Yeah. And he, like, went and found me tissues and was dabbing my eyes, was rubbing my back, was just... You know, doing all the things that you always wish somebody would do for you. That's very you know good. I mean? And he just took care of me that we got home and he like was like, let's go lay you down and like got me some soup and like, you know, all that stuff. And he just laid with me all day and then he would like rub my feet and my legs and knock me out. Like, cause I, I didn't have any sleep. Like I didn't go to bed until like two something in the middle of the night to begin with. And because I was uncomfortable, like my heart rate was like 90 and I'm like, why is my heart rate 90? You know what I mean? Like, it's just uncomfortable when your heart rate's that right. high, right? So it's still considered normal, but it doesn't feel good in your chest. You're like, right. why do I feel like I have, like, I'm anxious? So, and it's come to find, it, it's more than likely from the esophagitis. Like, right. it, it's pretty bad right now. But anyway, so if anybody suffered like that, I get it. But I just, I had to shout out to, like, my husband because job, it was the first Chris. time he ever had to, like, deal with one of those, like, episodes. And... I felt and he so better. In, and he filled in for me, and I know he was nervous, because yeah. the first time you're sitting here, even though it's just me and you, mm-hmm. that first time for both of us was so nerve-wracking. He did and good. I could hear it in his voice, like the little bit I did listen to, yeah. I could hear it in his voice. He, he was, was a like, little nervous. He's like, yeah, uh, uh, and I'm like, oh, he's so nervous. I know, and then when I listened back to it, I was like trying to like get him going. Because he's actually, like, really dirty, and he's funny, and he tells, like, old man jokes all the time. Like, we just laugh. Like, he's really, like, my best friend. Like, I mean, I have you, and I have Beth. But it's, like, you know, it's so nice to have, like, you know, you're married to this person who's, like, your best friend. And so I'm, like, I'm trying to get him going. And he just was so nervous that he really didn't. I was, like, I just look like I'm picking you on, on you the whole time. But we have that sort of camaraderie yeah, where we the, pick at each other, and it's next, funny, but he didn't do it. The he's going to do just fine. Oh, he will. And he actually did. He did, like, kind of loosen up, and he was talking. I haven't gotten but, that far yet. Yeah, but it was funny. I'm, like, Jesus Christ. And I'm, like, listening to him. I'm, like, I feel like I'm just picking on you the whole time because I'm really doing what we normally do. We have that banter. Right. But, um, baby, I just, you know, wanted to shout out and thank you so much. You took such good care yeah, of me. I tried to listen to it thank on you. Sunday. But then I was at Kira's getting ready for, like, her big Halloween thing. And she was like, I need your help. And I was like, ah, fine. Well, oh, my God. Kira's place was amazing. It was. Her sister. And they hooked it all up. And I was like, oh, my God. I'll look at that. It, it was I'll so the, cool. I'll put the video up on the Straight From the Net page. So yeah. My sister goes all Shoo. out. I'm like, I really love the plant. Yeah. I mean, there were so many cool things, but that plant, I don't remember it last year. It might have been there. Huh? The plant was new this year. Christmas. I was going to say, was it new? Mm-hmm. I loved it. Because I know um, your sister Carrie actually went over too, and she posted a video of yeah, it. And I was like, that so, plant is amazing. So Layla came over. It was her first Halloween. So that's why we were all over there. We were all very excited. She <gasps> oh. screamed the whole time. You can hear it in my video. She's just screaming. I'm at the end of the Oh, I heard you, the baby. Walking but, yeah. around, and she's inside the garage, and I can hear her all the way out there. I'm like... If you don't get your bitch-ass baby together, like, get it together. Like, I told her, too. I was like, Layla, you are being a bitch-ass baby. She did not want to be in her costume. We had to take the costume off. Her little ass is demon. And I'm like, you're being a bitch. Oh, no wonder. Like, I don't even even want to be around you. And then I always call um, Rachel's niece, Delaney, a bitch-ass baby, too. Yeah. Because I'm like, you're a bitch-ass baby. Because she'll be like, 
I'll hear her outside my window because Rachel lives next door. And she'll be like, I want to see Aunt Jamie, Aunt Jamie, Aunt Jamie. And then I'll open the door and she won't speak to me. Oh. And I'll be like, fuck you, bitch ass baby. And I'll go inside. <laughs> bitch ass baby. It was so funny because the six-year-old, he's always like, I want to see my uncle. I want to see Uncle John. And talking about my brother because he's like, I want to be a cop too. Right. And when I get older and we're like, all right. And uh, so then he's, like, talking all this shit about he can't wait to see his Uncle John, his Uncle John. And then we get to my parents' house for the Sunday dinners because <laughs> we started doing those again every other week. And he doesn't, like, say hardly anything at all. <laughs> and we're like, but there's your Uncle John. Like, I was, like, waiting for him to, like, jump into his arms or, you know, whatever. And he, like, doesn't say anything either. So I think in theory they're like, well, Aunt Jamie and Uncle John's are great in theory. But, I did get you know. a knock on the door on Halloween right after I got fucking home on Saturday night. Sunday afternoon, obviously I'm going to Kira's. I'm not buying candy for the neighborhood because I'm fucking exhausted and I'm still going to Kira's to get, to sit there with her. Yeah. I get a knock on the door and I open the door and it's Jem with baby bacon and he's like, trick or treat, he's oh. the cutest little fucking cow. And I'm like, oh. Oh, and he's at your house? He knocked on my door oh. to show me his costume. And you didn't have anything to put in so his basket. So I gave him the fucking granola bar. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, I love Moo. Because he was a cow and he was like, I love Moo. Oh. Well, awesome. I mean, since you're just coming back, I am going to let you go first. Well, not I'm going to let you. That sounds so weird. Um, that sounds very controlling. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> you have, should go first, girl. I have one. So it was just recently Halloween. And this is a little bit spooky. A little but, bit rock and roll. I don't know why I wanted to say that. But. <laughs> but, so there's an Atlanta mom who has like the little ring cameras all around her house. Mm -hmm. And she caught the ghost of her son who died two years ago in the kitchen. And they show a picture what? of it. And it's pretty accurate. Like that's a full body apparition. What the shit? And it definitely looks like him. It looks like a it looks like a, a choir boy. Well, he's he's in a t shirt. Is that what it is? Because yeah. it kind of looks like that garb that choir boys have on, yeah. like a so white it one. It says that the kitchen security camera did ca capture a transparent figure, which was witnessed by Jennifer Hodge, fifty seven, from Atlanta, Georgia. And it says the mother received a notification on her phone, which said that a person was spotted in the entryway of her kitchen. The notification came while she was watching a TV with her daughter Lauren. Miss Jennifer Hodge tells tells that when she opened the image, she saw a transparent male figure that looked just like her son, Robbie, who had died two years ago of a drug overdose. Mrs. Hodge, who was an estate agent, mentioned that she still freaks out over what she saw that day, but somehow finds peace by her believing that her son is in a more peaceful environment than he was. Obviously, he was a drug addict, so that mm. was not a great environment. She further added, it was just insane and she was blown away she said that she was in bed watching tv with her daughter and about to sleep to go to sleep and she got the notification on her phone jennifer's daughter was like mom there's a person in the kitchen mom that's robbie and she was what? less stunned the immediate reaction of both the mother and daughter was to go to the kitchen and have a closer look at the unusual sight but eventually they didn't find anything funny to be there right the image appears to have have a male who is wearing white clothes Miss Hodge said that she felt like her son was letting her know that he's happy in heaven, and that brings her some comfort, but she still thinks it's weird. She is in a still in all and wonders why such a thing happened in the first place. She also mentioned that she has never got seen something like a like that of like a ghost before. 
when she asked if when asked if she thinks the transparent image on camera to be of Robbie, she said that she would love to see anybody else's camera where such sort of image has been captured. Robbie died due to an overdose from a fake Xanax in 2016 at a very young age of 23. The a mother fake Xanax, a fake Xanax. It says oh, the mother okay. spoke well of her child that he was giving, caring, loving, and you know just an all around gentle human being. They both had started a charity to help people who go through the severe problem of battling addiction. Mrs. Hodge said that her son, Robbie, was a great kid. Robbie was an addict, and the family was somehow sure it was heroin, and it was heroin that took him away from them. The mother and son started a charity for helping out people who suffered from chronic addiction, for which they won the national and local awards as well. If you look, if you like this post, share it with your friends. So, wow. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about that, like, having some apparition come up on my camera. I'm surprised. Like, you should have got ring cameras for your last house. That house was so haunted. And, you know, it's funny because Bruce doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Like, he doesn't really believe in ghosts and all that stuff. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, it's scary. I know. You know, I watched, um, I mean, it's not ghostly, but it's about, like, drugs. While I was working today, I watched Four Good Days. It's on Hulu with Mila Kunis, and I forget the other woman. Like, she's been around, what's it, Mila? What's it called? Street. Four Good Days. Okay. And it's about, like, a mother and a daughter and their relationship, and it's kind of like you can see what happens with the drug addict, and you can see the parent. And um, Four Good Days is basically, like, she comes home, mom's like, no, you can't come in here again. Like, I'll just give you a synopsis real quick. I won't give it all away. But it's... She comes home and the mom's like, no, you're not coming in here because, you know, every time you come in here, you rob me blind, you ruin my life, blah, blah, blah. You're not coming in here. You know, I told you you can come back when you're sober. And she starts that thing that they do where, you know, no, this time's going to be different because I have all these plans, blah, blah, blah. She's saying all this stuff. The mom's like, no. Well, then finally she was like, you know, I need to go to rehab. So she's like, I'll drive you to rehab. But it was like the next day. And like the girl like just wouldn't leave. And Mila Kunis played this so good. So she like takes her to rehab and they're like, well, how many times have you been here? And they're like, 14. She had been in rehab 14 times. This is her 15th time going. And you kind of get to see, like, what happens with the parent who's, like, desperately wants this child to just get better. You know what I mean? And they're just waiting. You're either going to die or you're going to get better. Like, and it, it, she's tortured. And, like, the way her life changes. You know what I mean? I think, like, so many people that have a loved one would probably really understand it. Because it's, like, even when you have, like, relationships with other people, your whole relationship really it ruins all your other relationships because yep. all you keep doing is like, well, they're in the house right now. They might be stealing. Like she forgot her wallet and she couldn't wait to get home and she's with her other daughter and she ended up like leaving like the lunch just left because she's could have sworn that Mila Kunis stole her money or, you know, her daughter stole her money. Right. And stuff. So it, the basically what happens is so she gets out of detox and they're like, well, we can put you on the shot. But you need to be clean for X amount of time before you can go on that shot where, you know, every 30 days they get that shot and they can't get high. Mm-hmm. That's what saved time. I was like. Was it? Yeah. Vivitrol. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't really sure what it was called. I forget. They did say what it was, but they called it something else. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, and it was so good. It probably wasn't exactly what I should be watching because I'm like in that sort of mood where I'm like disgusted with some of the issues that I'm dealing with. And like it kind of made me cry. But it was really well acted. Very good. I'm a firm believer that when you're feeling down and out and you're feeling like shitty, that a good tearjerker makes you feel better. You know what I started to do? Well, what I usually do is I'll watch romantic comedies and just comedies in general. Because it's going on too long. Like, uh, you know, the stuff that I'm sort of dealing with, it's been going on for so long that I'm just losing hope that 
there's going to be an answer. So you know? you're just trying to laugh. Yeah, because it's like, you figure, like I was telling people before, and maybe it'll help, because it's like, when you know something's going on and they can't find it. So for me, it was, I had a heart arrhythmia that took six years for them to find it. And I mean, every time it would hit, it was either if I didn't drop to the ground, I was about to drop to the ground or I was on 95 and I thought I was going to like die on 95, you know, cause then you, you know, you go from like what, 65 beats a minute to like 200. All of a sudden you can't breathe. You can't do anything. It was awful. And you know what they did? They said, oh, you're having panic attacks. I'm not fucking having panic attacks. I was a nurse. I worked with some of you I people. Remember. Like, I how remember. are you telling me that? I watched the people come in here that had SVT. I would watch them put the adenosine in their arm. I would hold their fucking arm up. You know what I mean? Like, I knew what it was. And adenosine is the stuff that they would try to, like, chemically cardiovert your heart with. So right. it took them six years to find it. And by the time they found it, I did end up having a panic disorder because of it. So right. now I've got, like, agoraphobia and PTSD. Like, I'm really fighting with these mental health issues, right? Well, 10 days after my surgery, I started getting these weird surges for like, and I'm like, they probably were already there, but when I would get them, it would actually set my heart off is what it would do right, you had to when I had running. the arrhythmia. So the arrhythmia was hiding this other thing that was kind of going on. So 10 days after my surgery, it started up with a whole nother thing. Well, then they ran me through the gamut of all that stuff and come to find out I have a hiatal hernia and esophagitis and gastritis and all these things. And I have this acid reflux. Fucked up, vagal burn. Yeah. And then the vagus nerve is setting off different things or whatever. But it took them another two years to even find that. And now even with like my diet and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't seem like that's even working anymore because now I'm in pain. And it's just like, but then by the time you go in and you see somebody, it's years later and you're just like, God, it's been a decade of me dealing with this shit. And you just lose faith that, like, anything's ever going to be okay. And I'm like, I'm 44 years old and, like, my quality of life is shit. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't want to leave the house because I'm afraid something's going to happen. And even though I know it's not going to happen, but you can't get rid of your PTSD. You know what I mean? It's like you can work really actively work at it. And it does. It gets better. And I start to get better. But then I start, I get a surge and it sets me back. And it's like, you just constantly feel like that. So if anybody else is struggling out there with some of these things, like, I hear you. And like, when people just tell you, oh, you're just a hypochondriac, a lot of times you're fucking not because I have not been wrong yet. I had to be the ones to tell these people what the fuck I had. And every fucking time I've been right. Every time I've been right. When they finally find it, they're like, oh my God, you're right. And you fucking sent me through all this shit. You put me through all this bullshit and I was fucking right. So if you're ever going through some of that stuff, you keep advocating for yourself. You keep yelling. People fucking piss me off. Yup. But, um. And don't let them blame it on your weight. Yeah. Or, well, in my case, it probably is, you know, to a certain extent, because if you got like weight in your chest, it pushes up on your stomach. It makes it so the LES doesn't work right. And the LES is the valve that closes the stomach off the esophagus or esophagus. Esophagus. Fuck. So what happens is when you're, you have that weight on you, it kind of pushes up, it distorts it. And then that valve doesn't sit right. So the food just sort of just comes right out of your chest and you got to really watch everything you eat. And it's got to be these little bird sized portions and everything uh -huh. else. So it really sucks. And you know what I did? You know what brought this on? Grottos. I swear to God, Ew. I had three pieces of grotto pizza and now Who I'm in hell. grottos on purpose? It is the Me. most disgusting fucking pizza on the planet. When we were younger, it was like, it was only at the beach in Delaware, it right? So and gross. it was a thing that my family and I did and we would go to the beach. And then that night it just happened to be and I was like, you know, I was doing really well. I'm like, I'll just make sure I take my medicine. I had three pieces of grottos. That is it. Three fucking pieces of grottos. And my whole life went to hell. I'm like, just, that's it. It just took three pieces of pizza. You know how frustrating it is? 
to not be able to eat three fucking pieces of pizza for one night because, you know, everything else is bird-sized. I don't know. I can't eat three pieces of pizza anymore. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, well, remember, oh, you do remember, though, because remember after you had your surgery, you're like, I just want to be able to eat a fucking meal, remember? Yeah. Yeah, and you were like, you know, you would go out to dinner, and you're like, what's the point of going out to dinner? Because I can't even eat my dinner. It right. was, like, ridiculous. And it's very frustrating because there are things that my body rejects now that didn't before. Right. I remember you saying that. Like, Our friend actually got cats. She can't eat meat anymore. Right. I can't. She can't I can any eat, beef. I no, can, beef. She can't eat I meat. I can eat meat. Um, I can't do scrapple anymore. Really? I can't do Well, eggs. what is it? Is it that you don't like it? It, it makes me sick. Oh, okay. I can't do eggs. Eggs yeah, make I don't me think so deathly, deathly ill. Yeah. Like, I will be down for the count for days if I eat eggs. Mm. Um, Like, certain breaded foods, like, if, they, if they're not fried in a certain type of oil, like, mm-hmm. and the oil's not clean, no. Like, it, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I can't eat anymore that I used to love to eat. Yeah, well, how do you deal with that? Because it's so frustrating. Um, I, I deal with it by not eating it. Um, well, because you still have, like, enough left that you do, like, yeah, okay. So, I, I just don't eat eggs anymore, which is really sad because I I liked eggs. I can't like, eat eggs anymore Every either. once in a while, I'd like a little dippy-dippy egg and, mm-hmm. you know, I can't the have bread, that anymore. yeah. I can't have that anymore and... Um, even my cousin Rachel makes this amazing pasta salad, but it's got eggs in it mm. and her macaroni salad has eggs in it. And I love her macaroni salad and I can't eat it anymore because it's got eggs in it. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to make you some without it. And then she always forgets. Oh, so I'm sorry. I know. I like, I took us on like a whole different thing or whatever, but that's an interesting, I never knew that though. Like yeah. you've never told me that before. So it's, it's nice because I was starting to feel like I was all alone. No, you're not all alone. You know, I'm like, it really makes me sad. Like this past weekend, I, all I've been having is like oatmeal, um, potatoes and chicken, nothing fried, like all boiled or whatever. And I was doing really well and I didn't have any eggs. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, I haven't had eggs. And I used to eat eggs every day and I would be ill every fucking day. But I'm like, I went and had my, my damn testing done. Like they tested me for food tolerances and it, it wasn't egg. It might not be alert an allergy it might not be something that shows it's up. probably just an aversion or something but it's it made cold. me like really sick and apparently like when you have GERD and like the esophag- esophagitis and gastritis like you don't want to eat anything fattening and eggs are Katie even though they're good for you chicken eggs anymore but she eats um duck eggs she says they're, yeah they're just they're actually higher in protein and they don't upset her belly no shit and Katie's allergic to eggs to chicken eggs Wow. I mean, it just, I, I think it's nice though when to hear you say like, you know, no, I have the same problem. Like I have this yeah. thing where I can't eat certain things anymore and it, it makes you frustrated because you feel like you're the all alone. Saddest thing, the saddest thing is if I try to eat, like I love ice cream. Mm-hmm. I love oh, ice God, cream. Forget and it. I don't crave it during the summertime. Like I mm. crave it in the winter. Like it'll be 40 degrees outside and I'm like, can we go get ice cream? Yeah. Um, when we were in Vegas, Paco went to Steak and Shake at the casino yeah. And it brought me back a strawberry milkshake. And it was fucking delicious. Yeah. Until it wasn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like later on, too. It isn't right, right away, either. Like, like it hits, you think you got away with about it. About an hour and a half later, yes! I was laying in bed, and it was in my throat. Yeah. Like, I was, like, coughing and hacking because I had the reflux so bad. Paco came in and checked on me. He was like, baby, you okay? Like, he had to wake me up. He was scared that I was choking. And I was like, I'm not choking. Just fucking oh. ice cream hates me. So, yeah, it sucks. And, like, if I eat cereal, if I eat cereal, I have to be close to a bathroom. Anything with, like, straight-up milk, I better be close to a bathroom because yeah. milk doesn't agree with me anymore either. Yeah, me either. But frozen yogurt. 
works for me. Yeah, my mom has to do the same thing. She can't even. That's so weird. I know people are going to be like, okay, can you get back to the stories now, girls? Like, okay, you've already had your time. I know. Well, no, thank you so much for telling me that. Like, I'm glad that, you know, I actually heard it. It's so funny, like the little things you never talk about. And I'm like, God, I kept thinking I was like all alone, but there's other people out there that are frustrated. So I don't know. Maybe if you listen this long, I hope you understand what that's you like. You are not. You are not alone. You know, it was funny. I'm in this. I am here, here for you. you. I know. Well, I'm in this um, group called Dare, and Dare is like, um, it's D A R E, and I forget what it stands for, but it's like basically supposed to like help you through like dealing with like um, anxiety and panic attack and all that stuff. Like it actually gives you like this program you follow. And it actually did help me a long time ago. I, I probably need to do it again. But until I can get this cleared up, I don't think it's going to work. Right? So because it's actually a physical problem that's causing of my panic now. Right? The panic disorder to kind of kick in. But this woman today was like, um, you know, she had to go take care of her parents. Her parents were both sick. They both had COVID. Right. And she wanted her sister, like she made all this food for them. And she wanted her sister to take the food to her parents. And her sister's like, well, I can't. Like, it's Halloween. Like, I have all these kids. Like, I got to do the Halloween thing. And then she was like, well, I'll just, you know, make my husband go with me. She's like me with Bruce now. Like, I'm like all codependent. Like, I don't want to drive unless I have somebody driving with me. Right. Kind of like before when I would get in the car and I would just have to to call you. Like, as long as I was talking Uh to somebody, I wouldn't be like in panic attack. So she was like, well, shit. And she was like, I can't let my parents die alone at home, you know, or something happens to them. So she was like, she had to get in the car. She had to get on the highway, got stuck in traffic on the highway and ended up making it. And she had posted in the group saying like, you know, she kind of dared her way through it. But she was like, I had to white knuckle it a couple times. And a couple times I cried and my heart was racing and I was freaking the fuck out. And but I made it and then I drove back home and I did it. And I just wanted you to know I'm not better necessarily, but I did something that I never thought I would do. Well, you and know, I was like, wow, you know, how I am with driving long mm-hmm. distances and all that. And yeah. Over bridges and I had to dare my way through it for Dover. Oh, I know. I was like really proud of you for doing that, yep. though. And then that crazy ass fucking hurricane we had. Oh, my God. I know. I'm just so glad you're home now. I'm sure everybody else is, too. And they're probably like, OK, can you all ladies like. Not talk about your health problems and shit. Sorry, but hopefully it's helpful. Anyway, go ahead. I know you've got something good. Um, I got Meghan Markle will likely run for president. But what? I don't want to do that one. So we're going to do woman asks if she's wrong to tell her surrogate. Stop acting like her husband's wife. Yes, I wanted to hear this and one. I the asshole. Yes, I wanted to hear this one. Surrogacy can be a beautiful option for people who can't conceive on their own but still want a family. But if all parties can't agree on terms of the pregnancy and resulting future child, it can rapidly turn into a plot of a dramatic made-for-TV movie. Mm. Being a surrogate means sacrificing nine months of your life or more to give someone else a family. But someone changing their mind halfway through the process is always a risk. Locking down the conditions in a binding agreement can protect not only the parents, but also the surrogate, especially when there is a large sum of money at stake. Carrying a baby is not exactly a quick and painless favor you can do for your neighbor or family friend. Mm-hmm. All in a day's work as it takes a serious toll on your body. It also takes a serious toll on your mental health and your lifestyle. Yeah. If you're considering surrogacy as an option, you can't just casually propose you can't just casually propose to your cousin at the next family gathering. Hey, would you be interested in giving birth to our future child in exchange for your Netflix password or a free pizza? So So when a conflicted soon-to-be mother decided to consult an online courtroom of moral philosophy, otherwise known as to Reddit's as 
am I the asshole, about whether or not she was wrong to set firm boundaries with her surrogate, people were quick to help deem a verdict. Am I the asshole for telling my surrogate to stop acting like she was my husband's wife? And I read this one, and it, it gets good. So it says, my husband and I have been together for five years. We wanted kids, but because of my health problems, this wasn't possible. We decided to go with a surrogacy. My friend nominated her sister, Brittany, who's 29. I agreed right away because I know Brittany and the family. We've set everything up, discussed payment, short and long-term plans, counseling and doctor's appointments. We explored IVF and chose a private clinic to get it done. It started after Brittany took a pregnancy test. She only told my husband. Though she had both of our numbers, she only sent my husband a pic of the test while he was at work with, and then she sent me nothing. When I gave her my personal contact info, but it was okay, things got complicated when Brittany started having access to our credit cards for her own once and claimed they were for the baby's needs. Oh my. She excluded me from doctor's visits and scans and had only my husband go with her. Her excuse was my husband drives and has time since I work and am unavailable. Most of the time, I felt isolated from this experience, but said nothing, knowing she's being a lot, she's bearing a lot of burden, so I had patience. My husband had no idea what was going on and if this was normal. This was new to us, so we didn't know. She's seven months in, and last week, she had a visit, she had us visit to discuss things that I thought were previously agreed on, but she said she changed her mind about, and her mom was there too. I heard Brittany out. I heard Brittany out and was shocked when she gave a list of how things should be from now on since she said since she said there was a lot of confusion in the past because of me stressing her out by complaining. What? She requested that she gets a say in things like the baby's name. After I deleted the list of names she sent to my husband, she wanted more access to my husband's credit cards, free time to get stuff done at her place, and amongst other things. Also, more time with the baby than agreed on. Then wrapped, up it, wrapped it up by saying only my husband should be in her delivery room with her and use the hospital as an excuse. I got up and firmly stated I don't agree on her, ter her new terms and that she had to stop acting like she was my husband's wife and this was their baby. My yeah. husband didn't speak till she started crying. He asked me to sit down, but I said I had boundaries and reminded her what her role was and how she overstepped. Her mom went off and said her daughter was being mistreated when she put herself mentally and physically through the most selfless act for us to make us a family. She gave up a part of her life in those months to give us what we want, and I was acting selfish and ungrateful. She had us leave, then told my friend, and it got more complicated. She, she had us leave, then told my friend, which is her older sister, and it got more complicated. I was told to apologize for what I said. Am I the asshole? Here's what the jury of internet strangers had to say. I love that. You know, because they never disappoint. This is why surrog surrogacy is so heavily regulated. Was there a contract? If not, yikes. Get a lawyer ASAP. Surrogates have no business being involved in naming the baby or dictating time spent with the child. Red flags abound. You are not the asshole, but you may have to put your you may have put yourself in a situation where an unstable person could now have the leverage to essentially be the third party parent to your child. Is that your phone? Oh, shit. I was like, oh, my God. Is that my house? What the hell was that? That was my freaking phone. I was like, oh, my God. I thought it was like my, uh, what's on call alarm going off? No, it was definitely my phone. Sorry, people. Um, okay. So she says that, you know, this could potentially be the third 
compared to your child. Not the asshole she wants the doting husband treatment while she's pregnant. Lawyer up and lay down the law for her. Um. She's carrying your baby. You get to name it. As for your husband's credit cards and time, she's out of her mind also. Isn't it usually a requirement for a surrogate that she already she's already carried a healthy pregnancy to term? Does she not have other kids? This is what's wrong with, one, having a family friend do it, and two, not checking their mental state beforehand. Get a lawyer and set up a meeting ASAP. And then once somebody said, this is delicate, not the asshole if you have a legal contract that has been notarized. If you do not, if you do not do that, then I'm sorry, but you and your husband are fucking idiots. Also, never do business. And yes, this is business with friends. Not the asshole. Sounds like she's trying to keep your kid and get your husband. I hope you have a writing that she needs to give the kid to you after they're born. If she doesn't want to give the kid, be prepared to take legal action. Aren't you supposed to have, like, a mental health evaluation before you were able to do shit like that? Yeah, but they fucking went under the t- radar and got a family friend to do it. Oh, God, you're right. You said that. I'm like, oh, my God, because this woman... Well, wait. All right, hold on again. So, is any part of this her? Or is all of it their their products of conception? She's just the oven. She's just the oven. So, I don't think she can do anything. Because didn't we already kind of go through this? So, listen to this. Everyone sucks here. <laughs> I hope you had some sort of legal contract. My IVF doctor wouldn't even start until we were married because they don't deal with any type of potential legal headaches. I'm really hoping your doctor forced some sort of legal contract here. In my state, whoever gives birth is the considered the mother, even if it's not her egg. She's getting paid for carrying your child. Your husband should have asked or included you if he didn't see that you were included. I'm assuming the surrogate is unmarried, single by the way. She's active. She's extremely weird. Yeah. For for not thinking this through and rushing rushing ahead and creating a baby to bring into an absolute mess of a situation. For overlooking this, that surrogacy is never going to be a simple case of run a womb without a whole host of conflicting emotion involved. I feel sorry for the baby that will be born. Yes, you are the asshole. Well, I guess that's what you get when you go with a family friend and the family friend's like, well, we all right. know each other, so you should be taking care of me. I, I can understand partly because you're entrusting like somebody to give birth to your child mm-hmm. like there are people who are, are do it for a living and there are rep- they are reputable surrogates yeah but at the same time these people are still strangers yeah and you don't know what they're going to do once they have that baby uh so, it would really concern me but it seems to me like little miss Brittany is got a thing for miss thing's husband mm. that's why he's the one getting the text messages that's why he's the one getting the the doctor visits and things like that. That's why he's the one that she's like, you know, he needs to be in the delivery room with me. Mm. Or she's too blind and her husband's already fucking the surrogate. No. Well, look at you. You're like, I wouldn't doubt it. No, I, I'm not jaded. I know how shit works. She's pulling that, look what I can do, but your wife can't. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I'm like, just how much of a friend was she? She wasn't even a friend. She was her friend's baby sister. Right. So. So they, but but they said family friends. Right. So her best friend, her family friend, little sister. So they don't really know the little sister like that. It said that they knew Brittany and they knew the family. 
But probably not as well as they thought they did. Oh, God. What a shit thing to do. Because there was a case like that. Remember we talked about it? Yeah. And this woman decided she wanted to keep the baby. Yeah, and they, that, and, was, that was for um, a gay couple, wasn't it? Yes. Right. There was a gay couple and they got an egg and they got their sperm and it wasn't the surrogate's egg. And she decided she wanted to keep the baby. They were twins, I thought. I don't remember now. I remember I was talking about it, but that I don't was remember. Like season one. Was it that yeah, long, that ago? long ago? Oh my god! Well, another season one that's coming on is uh, the Tiger King. They're going to come back out with uh, Tiger King uh, two. I they they did that little thing where they talked about the guy who directed it, and it was fucking boring. So I hope it's better than that. Well, this is supposed to be part two. And let me see. Oh my god, what's what's happening? Why is my phone? Are you gonna do a part Tiger King part two? We're just gonna do clips of Joe Exotic in jail. I don't know. Hold on. So she is suing Netflix. Carol Baskin. That bitch, Carol Baskin, suing Netflix. Hold on. I you know I tried to save it for some reason. It saved something else. I'm like, what the fuck? Just Google it. I should probably tell you. You probably found the same article on Google. Oh, apparently she already lost. Okay. All right, here it is. All right, so Carol Baskin and her husband are suing Netflix over film footage of the couple used in upcoming upcoming Tiger King 2. I'm like, what the shit are source Rex? All right. A lawyer representing Carol and Howard Baskin filed a lawsuit against Netflix and Royal Good Productions on Monday for their alleged use of unauthorized footage of the couple in a sequel to their Tiger King documentary, which is slated for release on November 17th. The Baskins... Of this year? Yeah. Oh, no. I know. Now I she gotta, was trying to stop them from being able to put it out. Now I gotta fucking block off a block of time for it because it was a fucking train wreck. And I know I'm gonna regret watching it, but I gotta watch it. Well, I never watched all of it. I watched like a couple of the episodes. You didn't watch the whole thing? And I didn't watch the whole thing because it started getting kind of boring. Oh my God. I can't believe I mean, it was the like thing. the first two episodes were like whatever, then the, the third episode. Remember, I even posted it. I was like, holy crap on a cracker. They really went now. Um, it says the Baskins are aware that they cannot control the stories that they may, that may be spun by defendants, no matter how misleading, distorted, unethical, and libelous, libelous, sorry, but the Baskins should not be forced to involuntary, to be involuntarily, voluntary participants in this endeavor through the unauthorized use of the film footage, lawyer says. This film footage alone gives the false impression that the Baskins endorse or at least agree to participate in Tiger King 2. So basically what it was is they took all this footage from Tiger King 1 and then they're putting it in Tiger King 2 as if they were in it. And she's like, no. And some of the stuff they're using, they're kind of like spinning it, she says. Mm. So the lawsuit argues that the appearance releases signed by the Baskins for Tiger King only mentioned a single documentary motion picture and no subsequent projects. Lawyers retained by the Baskins as entertainment industry veteran Stephen Madoff, the former executive vice president of business and legal affairs for Paramount Pictures Corporation, for his expertise on the matter. From the absence of such terms, it is clear to me as a motion picture industry professional that the scope of the appearance release releases is limited to a single documentary motion picture and not sequels or an episodic television series or other productions or works derived from the original documentary motion picture or remakes made all said. Additionally, the lawsuit alleges that Royal Good Productions reapproached Joe Exotic's niece, Chelsea Putnam, about participating in Tiger King 2 and told her that she would need to sign new appearance releases for the project. The Baskins represented representation argued that this proves Royal Good Productions knew the original releases 
were only good for the original project and do not extend to use of film footage in Tiger King 2. So it says the Baskins and Putnam signed the same appearance releases for the original documentary, according to the lawsuit. So I kind of understand if she's kind of like, eh, I'm done with it. But she kind of rode that fame for a really long time. Right. And then she, she, she wrote still, it. She still, hey, cool cats and kittens. And she still is out there trying to be relevant. Like, just like, what, three months ago, it was like, oh, Carol Baskin, Carol Baskin came out as bisexual. Like, you are still putting right, yourself out there. Like, yeah. you're, you're riding this fame, bitch. Like, your cat rescue is getting more fucking donations than it ever has from this shit. Mm-hmm. This video, this uh, documentary. Well, the one that I had saved was from L.I. you fucking killed your husband and put him, fed him to the tigers. And I am a firm fucking believer of that. Well, and that's exactly right. Well, I don't know that that's what happened, but that's exactly the other part. Um, so it doesn't say it on here. This is from the businessinsider.com. The one I saved from LADBibleorwhatever.com, right. for some reason it's saved just to talk about Joe Exotic 2. I don't know why, because I'm like, I specifically saved that one. I didn't even read another article, so I don't know what the fuck happened. But um, in that article, she had said they took footage that they shot of us. They're putting it in Tiger King 2, and they're like, you know, you like using it to stir up more conflict and to continue this the- this conspiracy theory that I've killed my husband. So she it's, specifically it's not says a that. Theory, but you know what, Carol Baskin, good for you. Good for committing murder and getting away with it. Like, good for everything that every woman on every episode of fucking Snapped or Deadly Vows tried to get away with. Oh good my you. God. You know what? You're going to be like 1 800 call Carol Baskin here soon because I saw on Kira's thing where Sean Callahan. Or whatever his name is. Calliger. Sean. Calliger, that's it. Said, why are you doing that to your sister or something? Yeah, yeah. why are you doing that to your daughter? Because, or why are you doing yeah. that to your daughter? I was like, whatever. oh my God. I was like, what? she is going to be doing that. Emma's anyway. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, so she's a little pissed off about it. I'm just thinking, how are they supposed to do a Tiger King 2 with him being in jail? Probably clips of him in, in prison. I mean, he's still got a huge he's family. Sick. He's got cancer. Oh, like, shit. he is not well. And I, I'm President like, Trump was supposed to give him a pardon, but instead gave it to that guy that used to be on his, like, mob family, whatever his name was. Oh, yeah? Instead of giving it to Joe Exotic. Well, I don't know. I, I'm As far as I'm concerned, Carol Baskin got a whole lot of fame that off of that thing. Fuck off that she thing. was on Dancing with the Stars. Right. All kinds awful. of shit. Yeah. I mean, so... I'm kind of like, and eh, now you're like, well, I'm over it. And I don't want people to keep looking into my dead husband. Right. You know, I think that's probably right. more of it than thing, anything. Because the Reddit detectives are on that shit. And it said, something said in there, and I can't, I'm so mad because I can't find it now. They said in the documentary, like, they were saying, like, what it was about, right? So right. it was like, they released, like, what it was about. And at the very end, it was like, and to reopen the case against Carol Baskin or something yeah. like that. It was along those lines. And I'm afraid that I'm going to get it wrong, but it was something along those lines to, like, talk about it again. Right. And she's like, look, when they came to talk to me about it, it was a documentary based on Big Cat, you know, like, you know, getting that exposure for, like, this illegal trade that they're doing and the way that these cats are being treated. And that is what I signed up for. I did not sign up for this all this other shit. And I didn't sign up for this shit show that it became. And it did become quite a fucking shit show. And, like, and they really did villainize her. You know, in the way, if you think about it, like they were like, they made Joe Exotic look right, like he was right. the sad sack that was First getting picked all, on by Joe Carol Baskin. Exotic definitely hired somebody to kill Carol Baskin. Oh, like, he, he definitely did. Jail justifiably. Yes. Like, congratulations, Carol Baskin, for doing what Joe Exotic could not do. 
<laughs> anyway, if you killed, if you if you killed your husband and got away with it, write us in anonymously <laughs> and tell us your story <laughs> at straightfromthenet at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Straight From The Net. You can find me and Danielle both on the Tiki Talk. Um, wow. I'm Jamie Hullable, and she is D- Danny from Straight From The Net. I am really bad with it. You can also I'm the worst. find us on all your major platforms that you listen to your podcast, but we have one thing that other shows don't. You know what? We have a radio show. That's right. We fucking do. In New York, in the Hudson Valley. It's called the WMLD, the Voice of Hudson Valley Radio, and they play us every single Friday at 10 a.m., I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but they do it, and we cuss, and it's not bleeped out at all, like when you listen to it on the app. So you can find us, like, again, every Friday at 10 a.m. on the WMLD, and you can find those apps, um, like, on all the major app stores or TuneIn Radio. Um, and if you missed that show, that's okay, because they play us again on Saturday at 7, we think. <laughs> he would think, like, at some point in time, he'd be like, you bitches need to get it together. We're and busy. What is so fucking hard about you following up with your own radio show? We're irresponsible. Right. Is what it comes down to. We're completely irresponsible. And if you missed one, that one, that's okay, too, because I'm going to post a show on our our mother platform which is soundcloud um by like 11 o'clock but you can hear our podcast and you can listen to you all three seasons by saying hey alexa or okay google play straight from the net have you tried that oh yeah that's how i do it oh my god are you serious oh my god that is so amazing i didn't even know that but anyway so that's kind of awesome well i guess we'll see you next week um, we're so happy that jamie's back yay, yay! You're back! in the meantime see you next week okay. bye